Hey kids, be sure to listen all the way through to the end for my weekly movie pick and review. Thanks for listening. Straighten with another Tales from the Set podcast, episode 8. How's everybody doing this fine evening, or actually morning, since you'll be listening to it in the morning? So, tell you about what I've been up to. Uh, It's Christmas, and I am in the Christmas spirit. Uh, Big, big on the holidays. Got the whole house decorated. We were wrapping presents, uh, which is really hard to do with my four-year-old daughter because she kind of wants to do it all, and she doesn't quite understand, you know, um, you know how quite to do it. So it, it can be tough. You realize how controlling you are when you're doing that, and. So, but it was funny, I was just talking about with my wife, uh, Bree, before I got on here about gifts and, and, um, we were just trying to calculate, because her family did it different, uh, growing up. They basically bought presents and then Christmas Day, they just opened them all, um, no order <laughs> to like no amount. Uh, I guess one of her brothers could get five gifts and the other could get three. And where with myself and my three sisters, we used to we used to count each other. We'd count our presents to see how many we had. And, you know, so my mom was always about making sure we had an equal amount of presents so we didn't throw a hissy fit. And we always had to take turns opening presents. We, we did a thing where we do, like, the stocking gifts. We'd eat breakfast and then open stocking gifts. Then we'd go in the living room and open the presents from under the tree well we'd you know we'd come downstairs and see what santa brought but then you know we'd go to you know do breakfast go living room open the gifts under the tree and we'd take turns so but it's not like Bree. their you know parents just brought in the shopping bags that they purchased the gifts in and said here it is go at it uh some people do that some don't you know they i know they had a fake tree and we we have a real tree so um it's it's interesting when you get with your you know your partner and you have the different like traditions you want to do so she's ready to be not yawn uh so uh we were just talking about the gifts and stuff and i had to tell brie because i was like look you know, all she gets all her gifts sent to her work because she thinks I'm gonna snoop around or look at them and stuff, which I would never do. I actually love surprises. You know, when I was a kid, yeah, I used to look around for them, and then when I stumbled upon my mom's vibrator, I never again looked for my Christmas presents. But uh, anyway, I like the surprise, so. But anyway, so I was just telling her to wrap my gifts and bring them home, you know, so they're under the tree. And I was telling her because every time she gets me a gift, no matter what it is, what occasion, birthday, um, Christmas, whatever, 
she has a story to go with every single gift on how hard it was to get that particular gift. And it could be a gift that is super easy to get, but she always has this hard Oh, this gift. I had to, I had to fly to Mexico and, you know, uh, be a prostitute for three days and, and, uh, eat a bunch of glass to get this gift for you. And it could be something like that they sell right up the road at the department store. She always just said, oh, this gift. This gift is the last one, and it actually cost me twice as much. And I just thought, I was like, Brie, I don't care if you ordered it with one click on Amazon and they delivered to your front door already wrapped. It means just as much to me. But she always has to have these stories. That was the last one. It was it was extra, you know, it was more expensive. And it was really hard to get, you know. So I was like, yeah, I appreciate it either way. So she does that with everything. So, <clears throat> but, um, so anyway. I'm excited about Christmas. Be some good times. And, um... I'm also excited about High 8 is coming out December 16th. Um, it is the segment I produced was Gangnam Style, directed by Ron Bonk. Great segment. I think it's the best of all of them, and I'm not just saying that because it's our segment, but I, I think it is the best. And um, all of them are good. Uh, the ones that stuck out to me is ours, of course. And um, I actually like Chris Evers a lot. It was very different. It was funny. Um, uh, I just, I, I just like it stuck out to me. I laughed. It was just, it, it was really good. Chris Evers got a really good sense of humor, and um, he takes simple stuff and can make it funny. So, um, so that's coming out on DVD. Uh, it's being released by Wild Eye Releasing or Wild Eye uh, Entertainment. Uh, it was it was recently um, featured in Fangoria um, magazine, which is super cool. So I'm excited about that. For those of you who don't know, High Eight is kind of like. Um, the feature film VHS, you know, it's a collection of stories by different filmmakers, but High 8 was, there were rules, you were limited to the format, which basically, like, High 8, um, there's some other formats. High 8 actually didn't necessarily stand for the format. It, it did, but it also stood for um, Horror Independent 8 filmmakers. And, uh, but that was the kind of format that they were, um, they were going for but I think you could do mini DV or, you know, analog and mini DV. And it had to be standard def and it had to be four by three. <sighs> Jeez, keep you on. I'm putting myself to sleep. And then so, um, uh, and then you couldn't use any fancy digital effects or green screen or anything. It had to be just like it was back in the day, which uh, I got to tell you was really, really cool because. I, as a kid, was trying to make my movies look like Hollywood productions, you know, striving so much to do it. So it was kind of good, you know, now that they have equipment out that you can get very inexpensively and, and it looks like film. Um, it was really cool to go back and not worry about the technical side and just focus on the story. And it's actually an idea that um, 
we are going to some uh, develop into a uh, future project. That's all I'll say right now, which I'm really excited about because the character has kind of been this character that Ron and I have joked about and done impressions of since for years. It was kind of going to be the character and um, our features. Night of Something Strange and She Kills. So um, we always talked about this character. So he didn't quite fit those movies, I think, like we thought he would. But then finally, you know, this segment, we had a place for this character that we kind of made up and, you know, joked about. So... <sighs> So it's really cool. It's really cool. Check it out. It's high eight. I think you get a Barnes and Noble order on Amazon, all the online retailers, BestBuy.com, and stuff like that. It's a pretty good flick, and especially it's got all the, you know, Brad Sykes and Tim Ritter and um, uh, Todd Sheets and um, Chrissy Rombonk and I can't remember the other guys, but. Check it out. It's cool. It's worth checking out. And plus the fact that it's got these guys from the Shadow Video Error directing these films is kind of it's kind of important. Um, so anyway, let's talk about a tale from the set. Okay, so this was two thousand six, um, and. I was, I don't remember what scene I was filming. It was two plates. And I was with my producer, Tim Reaper, Timmy Reaper, and my executive producer, um, Gene Pierce. And I want to say someone else was helping us. I can't remember. Anyway, so we'd filmed all day. I'd filmed these segments over um, three or four days, and uh, we're going to different locations, and I had a lot of equipment I needed to haul around. So <clears throat> my dad at the time had one of those Ford, giant Ford uh, 150, 250 vans, white, all white van. Oh. Jesus, I need to keep yawning. Ah. Which was real popular. He kept getting stopped during the DC Sniper. I don't know if anyone remembers when that first happened. That everyone thought he the sniper drove a white van. So my dad got stopped all the time because he had like two white vans. But anyway. So there was this white van that I borrowed from my dad's. Uh, you know, it was fairly nice. It was his work van. And I, I was actually using the van um, as the uh, the cops surveillance van in the film, so I needed to get some establishing shots with it. And I was also using it to uh, um, haul around a bunch of equipment, like tripods, all my camera equipment, and um, uh, guns and, and all the props and everything. So <clears throat> we had filmed all day and. Um, uh, we just were wiped out. It was like the last day, and I had to bring the van back up to Fredericksburg to my dad. And we all talked about, hey, let's go to. I think it was like a Saturday. I was like, hey, let's uh, let's go to the uh, let's go up to the bar and just drink and party and have a good time. And this was Banditos up in Richmond, which uh, Gene and I used to like to go to. I like Mexican food, and they had Fridays and Saturdays. They had a pretty good crowd, so we have a good time. Meet all the people. So, 
Excuse me, I thought you were really that tired. Ugh. Let me drink my whiskey. What whiskey am I drinking? This is Bowman Brothers, and not to be mistaken with Bowman's. Um, you know, like they make the vodka and they make real cheap and it's shitty, but I got this because it's actually, it's, uh, they have a distillery right here in Virginia. In Spotsylvania County, in Fredericksburg, where, where I was born. So I was like, oh, try this. Pretty good. So, anyway, so we got this van. We're filming. We're tired. We're talking about going to the bar. So we're like, all right, let's go back. Let's, you know, after we're done, so we go back home. And the whole time, sometimes on set, even though I wasn't maybe a full-time smoker, I would be a social smoker. Or when I was on set, I'd smoke. And I got asthma. Yep, I know. It was retarded. Why the fuck was I smoking? Most of the time, it didn't bother me when I smoked. As I got older, it was just real bad when I was a kid. So... We get back to the, um, we get back to my apartment. I'm wheezing and I'm low on medication. This I was like 26 at the time. Jesus, almost 10 years ago. Yeah, so um, I'm low on medication. I was real bad back then. And you know, wait till it was out to get a refill. <laughs> so, so and the guys all were getting dressed up and stuff to go out to the bar and stuff. We were done. I was like, hey guys, I'll meet you. Uh, or no, I said I'll come back. You guys give me give me an hour. I'm gonna go up to the hospital and just get uh, get a breathing treatment. Which sounds crazy. Like, what you going to the hospital? But all I would do is go up there and just be like, "Look, I'm wheezing real bad. I need uh, a breathing treatment." Thirty minutes, and then I would be good. I mean, I'd literally take a breathing treatment and then roll out of the hospital smoking a cigarette i know fucking stupid i would never do that now and i would slap myself in the face if i you know could go back in time but that's what i did so so i see i went to the hospital and was waiting in the waiting room luckily there was no one there it was like uh 10 15 minutes go back they give me my breathing treatment feeling better i'm not wheezing anymore um so I leave and then I go back and quickly get dressed. Everyone's waiting for me. They'd already started drinking and stuff. And, and I was like, all right, let's go. And I had left my, my car at the time in Fredericksburg with my dad. So all I had was the van. And we had taken the camera and the sound equipment out of it. I didn't want to leave it in the car. So, But I wasn't going to unload everything because I think, I think we were going to film actually the next day. We had a scene to do. Yeah, so I left all the equipment in there except, like, the irreplaceable shit, like the camera and stuff like that. But the tripods, jibs, and dollies, and and all the props, guns, and all that shit were left in there. So, we go to Bandito's. It's in the city. It's hard to find a parking place, and I luckily I found one whipped in there. And I want to say that it said no parking, and someone told me, like, Gene, I think, said you can't park if there's no parking. And I was like, no one's going to fucking tow this van. It was a giant van. No one's going to fuck with it. And um, it's barely, you know, you couldn't even read it. So uh, <clears throat> so I parked in this place, and then we go into the club, and then I'm, we're sitting there talking. You know, everyone's trying to mack on girls and everything. But actually, I was in the cut, like, talking to Timmy, and we we're talking about tomorrow's scene and stuff sometimes i just like that bar atmosphere you know a cigarette a beer and then just talk film you know even though i can zone all that shit out and then uh you know instead of uh trying trying to hook up so 
remember we partied for a long time. We're drinking and stuff, having a good time. So, um, and then we're pretty drunk. It's last call. It's like two in the morning. And then, um, so we all were, you know, all right, let's go, let's get out of here. So we're all stumbling back to the van and the van is gone. And I'm just like, what the fuck? You know, it's one thing to have your car towed, but also be kind of buzzing drunk and not sure. Like, is it gone or did I park it somewhere else? Or did we take a different car type of deal? So I, I can't even remember how we got back to my house. So I'm like freaking out, but it's like two in the morning. Uh, it's my dad's van, you know, um, uh, so hopefully I was going to get it back before, you know, anything was going to happen. I didn't think it was stolen necessarily, but I think Timmy called his, his wife and she came, got us and took us back. Yeah, I think she did. So, um, we got back and I was just like, oh man, this, this sucks, whatever. We just chilled and continued to drink until we passed out. Okay. So. I was like, I'll worry about this morning. I'll call all the the tow yards to find out where the van is. So, <clears throat> but I was ticked because I knew my dad was gonna be ticked. So I all of a sudden there's banging on my door. It's the next day, the next morning. I'm passed out. Jeans passed out in the living room. And then one of our other buddies, I can't even fucking remember his name. He wasn't even a film guy. He just was hanging out with us that day. And because Timmy had went home. So I opened the door and, um, you know, I just uh, creak it open and it's two cops are at my door. You know, Gene saw him because he had a bowl. He just left that on the counter and he had a gun because Gene owned a body shop and, you know, wasn't necessarily the safest part of town. So he had it for protection. He just would leave it there on the counter, which I was anti-gun. So I'd always be like, yo, put it in a drawer or something. So the cops are there, and they're like, are you Jonathan Straten? And I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, we found your backpack in a dumpster. And I was like, my backpack in a dumpster? And I was like, well, how the fuck did it get? It was in the van. I had a backpack that had all the um, like smaller props in it. And they're like, we'll just have a few questions for you. And the backpack actually had some some guns in it and then it had all these bags of uh, crack you know prop crack we had taken just soap and cut it up to make it look like crack and then we rolled in these little bags for the scene and there were tons of these little bags of crack in the in the in my backpack so they were like you know They're like, yeah, so we, we found your, oh, my checkbook was in my backpack. So that's how they got my address. And they're like, yeah, we found your checkbook and these bags of crack and some guns. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa look, I can explain. All right, look, I, I'm a filmmaker, okay? But they were like, we pretty much figured um, that you were because there was a bunch of, uh, because at the time I had gotten the DVD... Um, I think I was still, I was submitting Big Fish and Middle Sex to festivals. So I had all the DVD sleeves, sleeves I had made and I had printed at Kinko's and I had them in a case in the back of the backpack. 
So they sawed the DVD sleeves and they put kind of two and two together that maybe this guy's a filmmaker and all that. So, but they weren't sure. So, you know, I invited him in and I, I had my studio right there in my apartment. My dining room area was just converted to a studio. So I showed him, I was like, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm an editor or filmmaker and all that. This is some stuff I edit. So they were real cool. <clears throat> and, uh, they're like, yeah, we found it in a dumpster. Um, uh, right outside uh, this tow yard and they gave me the number and I was like shit so I called the tow yard and they were like um, yeah we have your van here but uh, it's bad news looks like someone broke into it and I was like oh shit that makes sense um, they had taken my backpack and um, they had gone through my backpack and obviously didn't find anything of value and then chucked it in the dumpster so I, um, so I went up to the tow yard and, um, saw the van and then sure enough, whoever broke into it had thrown a giant rock through the driver's side window, shattered the window. There's glass everywhere. And I was just like, oh, fuck, my dad's going to kick my ass. So, um, and then I'd pay like $120 to get it out of the tow yard and then, they had taken all the prop guns, okay? And these were airsoft guns that I bought, and we'd sanded the tips down and painted them black because they come with orange tips. And they take, like, a gas to um, give it a kickback, more so f to shoot belts, but for what I was doing, I needed it to the, the chambers to kick back like they were really, you know, shooting, like they were um, ejecting shells and shit. Because then I was adding everything else digitally, so there were airsoft guns, and they weren't cheap, but they took all the guns. But they left all the other, like the dollies and the tripods, and one, the tripod I had in there was a couple hundred dollars. Like, obviously, they didn't know what was value, uh, was the most valuable, because the, the guns were probably the least of all the equipment I had in there. So, anyway... So they broke into the van, took that shit, and I had to pay something like $120 and stuff. And it, I was kind of, it, it was like kind of a shady tow yard because I was like, do you, you guys don't have cameras or security here? He's like, no, most tow yards do. So I was almost thinking like they towed it, they saw some stuff in the back that looked like value, and they threw a rock through it because they had tall fences with barbed wire. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if people break into a car and they climb, there were tons of cars in there. Why would they think that white van for any reason just looked like a work van would have anything of value in it? So I think that it, you know, part of me, I may be paranoid, but it was an inside job from the tow yard. Because they didn't have cameras, they didn't have anything. It's just, you know, but what was I going to do? So I got the van back and I had to call my father and let him know and course he wasn't happy and uh if anyone knows my dad he he would just go on this rant of cussing and then, then all these words i was like uh hey dad what's going on hey what's going on and i was like um well your van got towed i had parked it in a non-parking area i think at the time i lied and said we were filming and just uh it was innocent as could be because i know if i said we were filming and then we went to a bar and got drunk he would have been like you you're responsible fuck but uh so i said we were filming and then the truck the van got towed 
and um, then someone broke it down, broke the glass, and my dad was like, God damn cocksucking motherfucking son of a bitch, I'll kill that motherfucker and your mother and that she's a goddamn whore with opening her legs and men just pay the rent. I was like, Whoa, whoa dad. That's how my dad would go on. My mom and him were divorced, and he always just said, She has it easy, I gotta pay child support, and she just opens her legs and men pay your pay the rent. <laughs> he used to say, he just go on these these rants and he used to make us laugh so much um uh it was actually this one time my dad was rambling on oh my god he rambled and rambled and rambled on and he was rambling 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 for like 10 minutes and i remember i made a joke and i said okay dad i'm back like i had been on a line and he's like what you son of a bitch you didn't tell me online goddamn motherfucking guy it's like son of your mother her legs. I was like, Dad, 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 I was getting hard the whole time. So anyway, um, so to my dad, he wasn't happy about that. And, um, uh, you know, I said, Dad, I'll pay to get it fixed. God damn, you're right. You'll pay to get it fixed, you son of a bitch. You ain't going to cheat me out of my hard-earned money. Would not pay taxes, which he didn't. <laughs> um, uh, so I brought the van back to my dad, and he was... You know, he, he was eventually okay with it. And I brought it, and he, he, every time it never failed. I was like, all right, Dad, well, thanks for letting borrow the, the van. We're going to fix. Sorry. Here it is. You know, he's like, well, fuck, let's go get a beer. And I remember we'd get drunk, and I'd wind up having to walk my dad home and even maybe drive him home. So, so it all worked out. Um, but uh, that was that was a pretty sucky time because um uh, you know who would have thought my van got towed and then it got broken into at the the tow lot and then they stole all our guns so then we had to use I, I forget if we scripted it differently where i just used the rest of the guns i had um uh which actually my dad had he had like a whole he had a ton of guns the fake guns he had got remember he got in tr trouble with the fire marshal when he came there just to do a, a routine checkup he acted like everything's fine but then when he i guess he got back to his office he called um somebody with the police saying that he had all these guns so but anyway um that's a whole other story in itself so but that is my Tales from the Set. Till next time. movie pick is 22 jump street and um i thought i'd be doing more netflix movies but right now i'm watching house um i'm on the seventh season which i'm actually starting to get a little sad about because it's almost over and um i don't watch a lot of tv but my favorite series have been like dexter and lost and um and i've just been binge watched them on um netflix and I think House is my favorite. I just love the character so much. He's so awesome. Um, he reminds me of a buddy I used to work with. Uh, his name's Brian Virgo. They both very quick-witted and very sarcastic. And 
just will say what's on their mind. So, but anyway, so um, twenty twenty two Jump Street, we ordered, uh, we rented on demand. And it was good. I thought the first one was pretty good. This one, I don't. They're not taking it too seriously, so I think it's okay. But it just, it's not as funny. Some of the, it's like, I don't know, half, half the, uh, like half the, half the stuff they try and make funny isn't funny, and then half of it, it is. You know, they don't take it too seriously, so I can't completely knock it. But it just, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't get how they let's, you know, the, I guess the first one was good. So they make a sequel. Not only that, like the critics love the sequel. They love both of them. And then I see other movies that, um, like, for example, it's com- don't they don't even compare, but the Polar Express got horrible reviews from the critics. And it's a great Christmas, you know, movie. We were watching it, you know, earlier today, so to get in the spirit for wrapping presents but you know like i love that and i think it's a great film and then 22 jump street you know that gets great reviews from the critics so i mean it just goes to show you they don't know what the fuck they're talking about but it's pretty good basically it's a sequel to 21 jump street which is the tv show with johnny depp that actually inspired me to want to get into uh acting so i was really excited about saying 21 jump street which i thought was good 22 Jump Street is just, you know, a sequel, obviously. Instead of high school, they're going into college to try and bust a drug dealer. So, it's got some good parts. I mean, it's worth checking out. I mean, maybe it'll come on Netflix. I mean, um, but uh, but it's pretty funny. You know, it's just hit and miss with it. But those two are okay together, I guess. But, uh, you know... Um, for the most part, it was pretty entertaining. It wasn't like super great, and it wasn't super bad. So, but um, maybe it's on TV. Um, are you bored? I'd rent it. it. It's worth checking out. Um, it's just not good as uh, I don't think it's as good as the first one. But uh, yeah, that's my movie pick. I guess uh, I don't know. Uh, did I ever distinguish whether I was gonna? <laughs> I guess I'm gonna talk about movies that I've seen rather than movies that I like, I guess. I don't know. To save you guys trouble seeing so many shitty movies. So, whatever. That's it. Till next time. Peace.